Today's program is Carrying the Torch, Chicago's Pursuit of the 2016 Olympics, and we have a great group up here to give us a, some very unique perspective on that process, and it is, it is quite a process, as you'll, as you'll see. Joining us from Skidmore, Owings, and Merrill is Tom Kerwin. Tom is a managing partner in the Chicago office. He focuses on Asia and the Midwest, and uh, also has a specialization in large, complex, urban projects, which sounds just about right for what he's undertaking here. He's been recognized for his work in this area recently by being named a senior fellow of the American uh, Institute of Architects. He's currently working on a number of projects in China, uh, a couple of note, the Nanjing Greenland Financial Center, a multi-use, multi-building project uh, in Nanjing, and the Pearl River Tower uh, in Guangzhou. Did I say that right, Tom? Guangzhou. Guangzhou. Uh, 71 story, that's highly sustainable. That's probably not right either, but. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody here to correct us. Right. Uh, that is a 71 story, story highly sustainable corporate uh, headquarters building in, uh, in China. And then domestically, Tom was the, uh, he managed the, uh, the uh, renovation and, and redesign of the General Motors headquarters in Detroit, Michigan. And that was a 5.5 million square foot project. If any of you have been up there, you will know the, the, the magnitude of that undertaking. So, uh, indeed, large-scale urban complex projects certainly speak to his expertise. Tom is a former president of AIA Chicago chapter and an active member of Chicago's China Sister Cities program. And his role with 2016 is with uh, SOM, who is the coordinating architect for the 2016 committee. Bob Berlin, our, our middle panelist here is the co-chair of the Athletes Advisory Council and a board member of Chicago 2016. In 1984, Bob was at the Los Angeles Olympics and he became at that time the first man to make the finals of the judo competition where he went on to win a silver medal. That is still... <laughs> that is still the best showing by an American athlete in that sport. Bob is a five-time U.S. national champion. He won the gold medal at the Pan American Games and also a bronze medal at the Paris Multinationals. He retired after the 1988 Games in Seoul and is now the coach of the U.S. national team. He's had the honor of walking in four different Olympics as an athlete, as a coach, and as an athlete's uh, representative. So also uh, worthy of note, Bob is a businessman. He's a former commodities trader and he is now president of Berlin Printing here in Chicago suburbs, a 70-year-old Chicago firm. So his perspective as an Olympian and a Chicago-area businessman is something uh, we'll definitely look to hear about. Our last panelist is David Roberts, certainly last but not least. David is Managing Director for Jones Lang LaSalle uh, Americas. He's responsible for the Midwest Project and Development Services Group. He manages a team of 110 people who are responsible for implementing projects in terms of uh, build-a-suits, tenant improvements, and other uh, capital-intensive projects. He has over 20 years' experience in the real estate industry, and his uh, very strong credentials as it relates to the Olympic, uh, Olympic pursuits. For nine years, he was part of Sydney's Olympic Committee, where he was the uh, Director of Development for the Sydney Olympics in 2000 and he was responsible for a budget of $320 million in the development of eight Olympic venues. So uh, again, I think just a, a standout panel here. I am delighted to have them all here, and at this point, I'm gonna turn it over to our uh, moderator panelist, uh, David Roberts. 
All right, thanks, Brian. Thanks for the invitation. Great to see a full house here today. Chicago's Olympic bid certainly is hotting up. It's a very exciting time for our city. And if we're successful, there's a huge potential upside for our industry. What, what the panel and I are going to do today is trying to give you a taste of what the Olympics are all about and the Olympic bid's all about. And in order to do that, we are going to show a couple of videos, okay? And we're gonna cover five themes and we'll, we'll take some questions at the end. Now the five themes that we're gonna start, we're gonna go through are first and foremost, sport, the Olympic movement, the athletes. <coughs> Secondly, Chicago's competitive position. Can we win this? How do we win this? Thirdly, uh, the venue master plan, how it all comes together on the lakefront. Fourth, then move more directly into the, into the real estate industry, talk about the benefits to the real estate industry, to, and then even touch on some of the economic benefits of having the games in your city. And then finally, next steps, okay? So, but to start the ball rolling, um, and before we start, to get you all excited, I'm gonna throw to Brian, and uh, we're gonna start with a, a little opener video about Chicago 2016 and what it's all about. You might also recognize one of the panelists. city's unofficial motto. From Daniel Burnham's bold vision after the Great Fire to the creation of Millennium Park, Chicago has always been a place where dreamers and pragmatists live in perfect harmony. When I was a kid, I used to train around Washington Park. And now they're talking about building the Olympic Stadium on the same spot. Imagine crowds of 80,000 cheering on the athletes. I mean, when I worked out here, a big crowd was two squirrels and maybe a cat. We may be known as the city that works, but we also enjoy our fair share of play. For some 26 miles, in fact, Green Parkway marries with Blue Lakefront to create an urban oasis the entire city can enjoy. Add to that world-class museums and the many festivals that dot the calendar, and you have a city that celebrates life on a daily, if not hourly, basis. Most friendships don't begin with you grabbing the other person and throwing them to the ground. But that's what's special about the Olympics. I actually became friends with the guy who beat me. It's funny. How many? 
One moment, you're using every hold and grip you know to take down your opponent. And the next, you're using only one grip. It happens. A handshake. Chicago has often been called the heart of America. And that heart beats a little quicker at the very thought of hosting the Olympics and leaving a lasting legacy for future generations, including a state-of-the-art Olympic village right on the lake. When you stop to think about it, there's something fitting about the games coming here. After all, Chicago has long been linked with fire. But this time, it would sit safely at the end of a torch. In the next nine years, I figure I'll be able to swim 262,945 more laps, give or take a few. I'm hoping that will get me to the Olympics. But if it doesn't, I'm hoping the subway will. Just to, just to set the scene here and tee things up for Bob, the fascinating thing about the Olympics is it touches many, many professions. You know, it touches the real estate industry, it touches the architectural construction industry, marketing, television rights, sponsorship, media, it touches all of them. But the core of the Olympic movement, as you saw from that video, is sport. In in real estate terms, the athletes are our client. They are the end user, and they are, they are front and center of everything that we do. So if we can have the first slide, please, Brian. And uh, <laughs> Bob and I are just gonna ham and egg for a while, okay? So Bob, I think I can see you in the background there. Tell us, tell us a little bit about that day and uh, what was going on. You're okay, you can probably just hold it. Doesn't come up. Okay. Well, to give you a little perspective, <clears throat> this photo that was on the cover of the Tribune um, the day after the announcement was made while we were all in DC was the crowning moment of months of preparation for our Olympic applicant bid team that went forward that, that these folks Tom and David worked on and that myself. And our group consisted of 12 people. And leading up to this, we flew to DC on uh, the night before our presentation. We got up in the morning, of course, the mayor and Pat flew in on Pat's plane the day <laughs> of the presentation. <laughs> so they got their core team ready, so we were there. And, and we went through our rehearsals, and after our rehearsals, the next morning, we had to assemble and make a one-hour presentation, months of preparation, one hour. That is the essence of what an Olympic athlete does. They train their entire lives from the time they're five or nine, in my case. And that one moment in time symbolizes everything 
that you've done to prepare. Now you take powerful, powerful men like Mayor Daley, Pat Ryan, every single person on that committee is used to being in control. <laughs> we made our presentation. At the conclusion of our presentation, they sent us up to the green room. There were 12 of us sitting in a room, you know, small, it was a hotel room, one hotel room, 12, two hotel rooms, 12 of us sitting in there. Mayor Daly sitting there going, my God, what do these people do? We're sitting around here. Who makes people wait like this? <laughs> <laughs> Pat is pacing. Mike Connolly, myself, and Linda Massandri are the three athletes that are in there that were a part of this presentation today. <coughs> and we're pacing. And I'm looking at Pat, and I'm going, Pat, I feel like this is just before the finals when you're going to go out and compete in the Olympic gold medal match. And he's going, I understand what you mean. I understand what you mean. And Mayor Daly's chattering, you know, and he's going on and on and on. And he's, it just put everybody on an equal playing field. Those individuals that had the privilege, of which I was one, a privilege to be in that room, understand now what the Olympics are all about. They take us from that room and put us into another holding room. They go, okay, the decision is in. So we all assemble and we all go running down the stairs. You know, I think. Pat Ryan was ready to run down the stairs instead of waiting for the elevator. We get down there, they put us into another room, and again, we wait for a half an hour. We're standing back and forth, making small jokes. Mike Roberts is singing songs. He's a McDonald's guy who's on there. He's singing songs. They finally, Mike Contos uh, comes out, who's with H&K, Hill and Knowlton, and he says, look, they're gonna call us out. Remember, there's another city that is going to lose. If we win, we do not want to celebrate because it will be at their expense. We want to be... So... <laughs> everybody says, okay, I understand. I look at Mike Connolly, who was in that video that you saw, and I look at Mike and I go, Mike, if we win, I'm celebrating. He goes, I know, we're athletes. We're, we, this is the moment. So they make the announcement and immediately Mayor Daly turns into the Olympic team's long jumper. He leaps, <laughs> he leaps out of his seat. I throw my arms up in the air. I didn't say a word. I didn't celebrate loud, but it was just a reaction. Pat has his fingers clasped so tightly together, <laughs> trying not to celebrate. And then, of course, that moment of elation occurs. And the city wins the designation of applicant <laughs> city, which is phenomenal. And as a sidebar, LA was the games where I won my medal. And I went up against my favorite city for Olympic experiences and had to go to battle against them. They were great, great opponents. They have done and would have done a great job. It is an honor for us to be able to be awarded this phenomenal opportunity. And I can tell you that our business community has been sensational in their support of our effort. And as testimony to that, I look at the filled room that, of people that we have here with this community, who these gentlemen shortly will, will explain to you just how incredible of an opportunity it will be for our city and the legacy of our city and the renaissance that'll take place in our city will be and the opportunities that will exist within this business community to help realize that vision. I applaud all of you and look forward to your support. So. so, Bob, you competed in two Olympics and were at another two in an official capacity. 
just just tell us about some some experiences that you had and what the Olympics means to you. Yeah. Well, the people that were that's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. I'm trying. I'm really trying not to take up too much time on this, Mike. Maybe hey, it's about the athlete. What yeah, what, uh, what the Olympics means to an Olympic athlete? Y you know. We go out and we compete for our country, and we are representatives of our country. And that is a huge honor and a huge responsibility. And we learn that at a very young age. And we also have these dreams of competing in the games. And as, was mentioned, er, as I mentioned earlier, you train for your entire life to make the team. And if you are lucky enough to make the team, you got a shot that may be your only shot to win a medal. It's not always about the medal in hindsight, but when you're in the moment, it's all about the medal. I can assure you that. It's about winning, and it creates who and what you are as you move forward in life. And I am certainly a product of what the Olympic movement is. You become very humble as an Olympian because the world is a really big place, and although you are either favored or non-favored, how often does the favored gold medalists win the gold medal in the Olympics. Oftentimes they don't, and it's always an upset, and why didn't it happen? And because the pressure is so intense. So, um, so Bob, let's, you said a word humble, and, and your position on the Athletes Committee for 2016, humble is a message that I, that I hear that you've really kind of taken to the committee. Can we talk about that a little bit more within the context of the bid? Well, yes. Within the context of the bid, we are going to move forward now with the honor of representing the United States. And this no longer becomes a Chicago initiative. As we move forward, this becomes a national pride initiative where we embrace the entire country. And we bring, this is not the games that Chicago is going to host. This is the games the United States are going to host. And it's going to be in the heartland of our nation in the Midwest on the lakefront of the city of Chicago. And we need to engage everybody, but more importantly, we need to go out, and I guess I may be getting ahead of where we're going go in, next, go in next steps, but what we really need to do is we need to spread the word on a global level in a humble manner, not we're Americans and we deserve the games because, because, because doesn't count, because there are great cities out there that want the games and they deserve the games because, but we want the games because we are passionate about people. We are passionate about our city. We are passionate about making this experience a tremendous experience for the entire world to come, giving us an opportunity to play host to the world at a level where people are going to be enthralled by what we've done. Sydney was a great host. Lillehammer, if you remember, I don't know how many people watch those games. I watched those games. And all I remember that stands out from Lillehammer is watching on TV, everybody's having a blast. They're in the bars, they're drinking, they're partying, they're running around, they're wearing their Viking hats, they're embracing people. All these people from around the world are embracing Lillehammer's culture. They're inviting them. They made them a part. They enhanced that experience. Chicago is that mentality. That's who we are. That's what we do. We walk up to people and invade their space in a positive manner. We go up and tell them who we are. We've had the World Cup here. We embrace everybody. If the games were to come here, 
that would come through and that would enhance the experience for every athlete, official, spectator, anybody that comes into contact with the Olympics in, the, in our city will benefit hugely and we, will, and, and we really bleed this, we believe this. Pat Ryan, Mayor Daly, it's not about them. Our team is not about us. It's about the city. It's about the kids. It's about everything that it'll do. Just, you know, I have one memory from Lillehammer. And I remember before the cross-country event, there were 250,000 Norwegians that camped out before the event in about minus 10. And trust me, when you grow up in Australia and you see that on TV, you think that's very, very strange. You know, as a Chicagoan, I can begin to understand it. But, you know, back in Australia in the early 90s, I thought that was very strange. Um, so let's just say you're competing in Chicago and it's day 10 and you've, you've won your medal and you're a little bit younger than you are now and you've had a great experience on the sporting, sporting field. What happens, what happens after that? There is media here, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I can tell you that on a personal level, we celebrated. I won't get into the details of that, but we celebrated <laughs> on, a large, <laughs> on a very large scale, and it was well-deserved, and we had a lot, of, a lot of people celebrating with us. But what it'll mean for athletes within the city of Chicago, because you can celebrate after the Olympics are over, you can, particularly if you're lucky enough to win a medal, you could celebrate in jail and have a great time. <laughs> because it's not about your surroundings. But if you happen to have a city that enables you, some cities in the past, some Olympic villages were really far from the city. It did not allow you to go out. It was very challenging to get in and celebrate with the community. So you celebrate in the village. But in our case, our village plan is smack in the middle of the heart of the city. That means that our athletes will be able to leave the village and be smack in the middle of everything that you want to get to. It's unprecedented. Sydney, how far was Sydney from uh, the, the village from Sydney? 14 miles or, or 21 kilometers. Right. 14, that's it? 14 miles, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's not far, but it's still 14 miles. Here, our athletes will literally walk to wherever they need to get to from where our village plan is. So celebrating will be, we, that'll probably be a challenge with the coaches as an, as an Olympic coach in the last games. <laughs> you're gonna have to really harness in your athletes and not let them celebrate until it's time to celebrate. You know, it's interesting. Has anyone here ever done uh, the marathon or the triathlon or anything like that? And so you're a weekend warrior athlete for a, for a, for a day, you know? And just think about that experience the night before you go to bed early and then you get up really early and you have some food and you got butterflies and, and then you've got to catch the train downtown and you've got to find your friends and you've, you've always got to find the bathroom and you've got to stay warm and you've got to stretch. And you think about that tension, you know, as a weekend warrior. So imagine if you're an Olympian and you trained all your life, times that by 20, times that by 50. So our role as planners is to take that all out of the way and make it seamless, okay? So why don't, we, why don't we move forward? And so that's the, a, a quick taste of the, the athlete and the, the, the Olympic perspective. Why don't we move forward and, and talk about 
Chicago's competitive position and, and I'll make a couple of comments here. Having, having done this once before in Sydney's bid for a couple of years, the one thing I can say about bid, bidding environments is they are highly competitive and extremely unpredictable, okay? Who would have thought um, you know, London was a dark horse and Paris was the favourite? Uh, Atlanta was, a, was somewhat of a dark horse when it won. Um, many would have said 12 months ago that San Francisco was the city to beat for the US bid and in the blink of an eye it dropped off the radar. So, you know, this is an unpredictable race that is ahead of us over the next couple of years. You know, and just on the competitive front that, that's very, very interesting is back in 18, 1984, LA won the games unopposed. No one, no one really wanted it back then, okay? Then you fast forward to 2012, you've got New York, London, Paris, Madrid, you know, the, the big guns lining up and equally there'll be other big guns lining up for 2016. So it becomes a, the, the, the stakes are a lot higher, the margin for error is a lot higher and it's an extremely competitive situation. Um, wh what do we do from here, Bob? What, um, tell us about the role the athletes committee is going to play as we go forward. Well, that, that is true, David. The, the competition is intense, and there are many, many countries, obviously Prague. Right now, Rio is at the forefront of everybody's viewpoint because the Pan American Games start this week. And uh, we have the mayor and, and Patna, and, and we've got a team of people that are going to be sporadically going down um, to watch and observe and, and, and participate. But what we need to do, our position is such that we view everybody as a stringent competitor. And the only thing that we can do is do the best that we can do. So we put our nose to the grindstone and we are putting together an effort and a plan that we will present to the IOC with the helps of these fine people and, and, and many others. And in the meantime, we need to create awareness about the city of Chicago at an international scale. People in America know the secret that Chicago seems to be internationally. We know what a great place it is. We know how livable it is. People come here from here. But internationally, that message is missed. It's not looked at as a destination point for tourism. It's not looked at a destination point, quite honestly, for sport. We have our professional sports teams that are world-class renowned, but that isn't what we're known for. Neither was Barcelona. Barcelona was a much different city prior to winning the Olympic bid than it is today. I saw it before. I was there during the games and lived in that village, and I was just there for a training camp in 2004 and it is miraculous what they have done to that city. The change that's taken place there epitomized the change that I think will take, that I, not I think, I know will take place here. So we have to create that awareness about our city. Sending a humble, yet again, the word humble is a humble message because you can't cram us down people's throats. But everybody here that has international outreach capabilities 
has the ability to participate in our effort. And if you were to make someone overseas aware of our city, talk about 2016, tell them why. Don't just tell them because we're Americans, because that's, no, that's not a good reason. Okay, tell them why our city, it's got a concentrated presence on the lakefront, and, and, and Tom is gonna get into that, so I'll, but, but we have a lot, which you will hear about shortly, why our city will be so good. It's not smoke screen and mirrors, it's true. The people that make it up are true, and we will do a wonderful job of hosting and preserving the Olympic spirit, which hopefully during overtime, you will discover what the true essence of the Olympic spirit is, and it's goodwill, and it's spirit of friendship through sport, athlete-focused, promoting harmony throughout the world. That sounds like it's a line written out of, out of, it's not propaganda. That is, the people that have been around the athletes and Olympic participants, that is truly what we do. We go out, when I fought, it was the Russians. The Russians were our enemy. And it was the height of the Cold War. And I had to go out and fight against Russian athletes. And after the competition was over, you know, the countries hated each other. They would put us in a taxi, take us with a bottle of champagne. We had to sneak the fact that we were hanging with the Russian athletes and they were hanging with us. And we went and we partied and we got to know these people because it was, we had a common bond in our sport that transcended the politics and the wars and all of the things that get in the way of a world that is struggling to be cohesive this one thing, this Olympic movement, makes that message sound and viable and attainable. It's the only thing out there. So, so you, to, yeah. to, to pick up on some of the things uh, Bob's saying is, yeah, it's a competitive environment. We've got to focus on our strengths. You know, and strengths in us, you know, there's, there's technical strengths and there's emotional strengths. You know, Tom will go through the lakefront concept, which is an, a you know, huge differentiator for the bid. You know, I think the, the leadership in this city is second to none. The IOC is looking to see who can get it done. They look at the mayor, they look at Pat Ryan. If anyone can get it done, in the right tone, those guys can get it done. Um, but I think the other thing that you made a really good point is, and I, I saw a quote in the, the paper on the weekend from the IOC president and he was talking about the recent bid for the Winter Games. And he said, what makes a difference is the confidence in the bid committee, in the people, so the human factor is very, very important. And, and I think that's something we're gonna see over the next couple of years in the Chicago bid, is this is the, this is the heartland of America. This is real America. Um, and I think that's gonna connect very well with the IOC. We already have 90% community support for the bid. The people want the games. The people share Bob's passion for the games. And that's what the IOC wants to see. They expect you to have everything logistically all worked out. All right, let's, let's start getting into the, the venues and the real estate and, and the master plan. And, and I'm going to hand over to Mr. Cohen here. Yeah, and uh, hard act to follow here. I, you know, Bob's telling stories with the uh, <laughs> the uh, he's going to he's going he knows what I'm going to tell. In, in Mar I think it was March before the announcement, the evaluation commission came to Chicago, and it was the they they were the technical evaluators making a recommendation 
to the, the ultimate voters as to who to select. So it was a very intense period. And just the, there are 17 themes that we need to submit as part of the bid book, which we submitted, which was modeled after the IOC bid book, which we'll have to prepare as well. And I think I said on four panels where you presented and, and were hit with questions in the village panel, and the village ultimately was one of the things cited, Bob speaks so eloquently about it, that, that really put us over the top. And we slugged through this panel, I mean, and I was getting hammered with the toughest oh questions God. I've ever gotten. For, and, and, and I have this, they, they audio taped everything, well I shouldn't probably announce that, but we have a CD with this whole presentation. And just slugging it out, question after question, and it was all, most of them were directed at me. And at the end of it, I was like sweating and you know. And, and uh, Bob at the end of it gave this impassioned plea about how our village, you know, and it basically set the tone for every panel going forward. I mean, I think all we have to do is get you to meet 60 IOC voters and we're done. I don't think we have to do anything. Well, <laughs> uh, I'm going to stand up so I can see what I'm presenting. And I'm, I'm going to go through um, the physical plan, which, again, you know, we're all in real estate. And it probably is most, one of the things that's most interesting to us. Wrong direction. But there are, there are. 17 themes, and the venues represent theme eight, and the village represents theme 10. Now, there's also transportation themes and other things, but this is a small part of the bid. There's a lot of other pieces to it, but this is the part that is probably one of the more tangible parts, the physical part. One of the first things we did was we looked at the physical plans for, for the games all the way back to LA, and Bob has been at all of them except, I think, Sydney. Uh, at least the ones that have occurred, and Dave ran Sydney in terms of the physical plan, so they can, they can, they can uh, uh, comment here on all of these in particular. But one of the things we did is looked at how uh, the physical plan in each city manifested itself, and what, what, did, what could we learn from, from uh, uh, those, those events. And wh what we learned is, is kind of what informed our plan. Let's point it the right direction. First and foremost, it's about the athlete. You have to have world-class venues, and uh, that's first and foremost. And uh, one of the great advantages we have in Chicago is we have a lot of existing venues. So along with new venues, we believe we've provided a, a really world-class environment for the athletes to compete. One of the things that's important that you'll see uh, in past games is, is transit is key. If you cannot get spectators and athletes to their venues in, a, in a, an efficient manner, it's all over, especially the athletes. I mean, you think about you know, what Bob and Dave just relayed about the stress and, the, and the, the butterflies of coming up to an event. You have to get, especially the athletes, to their venues in a, in a, in a, in a proper manner and the spectators. So clustering venues around our public transit system, very important. I'll learn to use this after we're done. Uh, the, uh, our airports, you know, we have two excellent airports, O'Hare being a world-class airport, and not only the fact that they exist, but they have direct links to downtown uh, through rail. You know, again, focused on our city. This is, this is not, we've not planned a games like those of you who've been to Beijing that's outside from the city center or Sydney. This is, a, this is a games integrated into our city, around our transit systems, a focus on our educational institutions, we tried to cluster venues around existing educational institutions, not only for the benefit of facilities 
but also for the uh, benefit of education, which is a key component uh, of the Olympic movement. A focus on our environment. We have to, we have to be cognizant of our environment. The, the Olympic movement does not look favorably on lots of money being spent on white elephants that don't uh, exist after the games. Now, you look at what Beijing's doing, and, and hmm, I guess you could question that statement. But there's a lot of Olympic stadiums that today sit uh, idle and, and in disrepair. And a lot of resources have gone into those things for an eight-week event. Now, uh, that's not our plan. Our plan is to really be a sustainable games. Our lakefront, incredible lakefront, at a time when water is becoming more and more of an a precious resource. You know, Lake Michigan and the, and the Great Lakes systems represent 20% of the freshwater in the world. So it's an opportunity to really highlight that fact. Uh, our park system that our forefathers left us, this great system of not only the lakefront park, but the internal parks and the boulevard system that connect them. Uh, how do we use those uh, to the benefit so that spectators and athletes can enjoy our beautiful lakefront and park system. And it's about our neighborhoods. I mean, one of the themes that's very important, which I think Dave touched, both Dave and Bob touched on, is the compact nature of our games. That uh, they're integrated into the city, but, uh, but they touch all neighborhoods. They're not just based in the north side of the city or the center, center of the city. They touch the south side, they touch the west side. But still incredibly compact. Uh, and showcasing our downtown area. So I'm going to just quickly go through the venue plan, but the video is really, gonna, really going to uh, uh, describe these more fully. But there's four main clusters. There, there's the central cluster, there's the south cluster, there's the west cluster, and there's the north cluster. Most of the venues are within the city proper. There's a few venues that are scattered outside the city, but most of the venues are, are, are within the city proper. And also, there, there's, there are two events. This is one games, but there are two events, which is always important to remember. There's the Olympics and there's the Paralympics. The Paralympians come immediately after the Olympians and compete. And their needs are just as important uh, to take into consideration in venue planning. The central cluster, and I'm not going to go through all these in great detail, but anchored by the village. The village is in the heart of the games, in the heart of the central cluster. Uh, you'll see from the video that its location uh, was, was derived early on as really fundamental to the physical plan. Getting athletes, as, as Bob spoke about, efficiently to their venues uh, is, is key. So that you, and as Dave said so eloquently, if you can take that stress away from them, uh, it's key. So that physical location in addition to its beautiful lakefront location, the physical proximity to the rest of the venues is very important. Soldier Field being a key component. McCormick Place, an unbelievable asset for the city of Chicago. We all know that for the games, unbelievable. Because there's a, there's a, there is a, one of the key components of the games is to accommodate the media. And that requirement is a million and a half square feet of stuff for reporters and uh, television. And that, locating that, what's called the IPC, NPC in the middle of the heart of McCormick Place in the middle of the games is a key asset. Uh, I'm not going to go through every venue. because uh, the, the West Cluster is anchored by United Center, boxing at UIC Pavilion, and aquatics at Douglas Park. The North Cluster has tennis, uh, canoe, kayak, slalom, and the triathlon. 
The South Cluster is uh, where the stadium will occur in Washington Park and hockey in Jackson Park. So I'm going to let the video tell the whole story. But the, the thing I want to make sure that we uh, highlight is, again, this is, this is a small portion of the total effort that both these gentlemen spoke so eloquently about. These are the firms that participated just in the physical plan. I, know I see Matt from Getch Partners and Jerry from DR, and there's probably others here I didn't see. But this was an incredible effort by the real estate, architecture, engineering, construction community that really came together and donated their services pro bono to put this, put this plan together. And um, really a great civic effort. So with that, let's go to the video, please. Try to get some of your passion, you know. <laughs> In 2016, the world's athletes will enjoy the magic of Chicago right outside the doors of their village. Living next to beautiful Lake Michigan and performing in the center of the city in the heart of a nation, becoming the focal point of a global celebration. The Central Cluster hosts 19 Olympic sports and disciplines, 13 Paralympic sports, as well as the excitement, celebration, and culture of downtown Chicago. Straight up the lake is the North Cluster and beautiful Lincoln Park. Just minutes from the city center lies the Olympic Tennis Center. And within the same park, a slalom course will energize fans with the city and lake as a dramatic backdrop. The world's best triathletes will charge into Lake Michigan at North Avenue Beach before transitioning to the ride and run along the lakeshore and through Chicago's neighborhoods. Directly to the west is the famous United Center, which will come alive with artistic gymnastics and the Olympic basketball finals. Less than 15 minutes from the village, Douglas Park on Chicago's near west side is the home of the Olympic Aquatic Center, where all five Olympic aquatic sports will compete. The University of Illinois Chicago Pavilion will be host to Olympic boxing within minutes of the tallest building in North America. Returning to the center cluster, the dramatic city skyline frames Chicago's 450 acres of central city parkland, where archers will take center stage, while right next door, the world will come together at a truly unique lakefront celebration center, including a live site and interactive cultural pavilions, all overlooking Monroe Harbor where Lake Michigan will dramatically come alive with thousands of spectators cheering the athletes in this downtown rowing course. Next to the extensive museum campus, the football finals will be played at historic Soldier Field, host to the opening of the 1994 World Cup. Spectators will cross the footbridge to Chicago's Northerly Island, home to beach volleyball, BMX biking, and track cycling, all on the lake, in a park, in the center of the city. The downtown central cluster is anchored by McCormick Place. The nation's largest convention center will be home to 11 Olympic sports and disciplines, eight Paralympic sports, the International Broadcast Center, and the main press center. And right next door, the athletes live in a custom-built village in the heart of Chicago, but with the relaxation and privacy of their own beach. Outside of their windows, they can watch the sailors prep their boats in adjacent Olympic Harbor. Further south along the lake is Jackson Park, host to the 1893 Columbian Exposition and the new home to Olympic hockey in the Games South Cluster. 
The Olympic runners will follow the course of the world-class Chicago Marathon until they turn south along the lake and west across the famous Midway, used in the World's Fair as the link between the lake and the historic 380-acre Washington Park. Home of the stadium, the bold new gem of the games. Custom built for the games, the stadium will be surrounded by a vibrant live site and sponsor hospitality. The stadium comes to life as the action of the games is projected on its living skin. Chicago's Olympic venue plan, focused mm -hmm. on the athlete, mm -hmm. in the center of the city, in the heart of a nation, becoming the focal point of a global celebration. Fantastic. You know, you know, it's interesting, Tom's first slide where he showed the, the kind of analysis of previous cities and, and the trend was to go west and, you know, grab a few thousand acres and build a suburb and put all your venues there and put in a rail spur and, you know, operationally perfect. But there was a lot of conceptualising from, from the team about, you know, really bringing it downtown and really building off the raw material in Chicago and, and really progressing from from the Munich, Sydney, Athens type venues. And it really reminds me of Barcelona. There's the one games it reminds me of. And what happened in Barcelona, you'd leave the stadium about 10.30 at night and you'd, you'd wander down to the, the Ramblers and have dinner at about 11 o'clock as you do in Barcelona and stay out half the night. And they, the way they linked the venues with the city uh, is there was a real magic there that this plan uh, captures. Let's, let's go on to our next theme, which is the real estate industry. Um, you know, and, and as you can see, we're building up to this. You know, as a, I, I think, having been through this as a real estate person, I think that the real estate benefits are on three levels, okay? Number one, the games venues, okay? So there's several billion, billion dollars of direct construction that Tom just showed you, and that is a boost to the architectural, construction, engineering, project management industry. So that in itself is a, you know, and they're, and they're great high profile uh, city venues. The, the second thing is the infrastructure, and I was talking to a gentleman about this earlier, the infrastructure that is accelerated as a byproduct of the games, what economists call the multiplier effect. So when you drop all those venues in, what's going to happen is the parks around them will inevitably be upgraded through other funding sources. The roads may get an upgrade. Some of the suburbs will be revitalised sooner rather than later. The transport links will revitalise sooner rather than later. And what you find is, they say with Olympic City, um, infrastructure works that are forecast over about a 20-year period um, tend to get done over about a seven-year period. So it's that infrastructure acceleration where there's a lot of projects that are on the shelf, that are in the works, they get brought forward if they have a, if they have a direct correlation with the Olympics. If, if we talk about other real estate areas, what the Games bring are a couple of hundred thousand additional tourists over about a seven to ten year period. 
So what, what's that going to boost? The hotel sector. That in turn is going to boost the retail sector. That in turn boosts the convention se sector. Okay? And, and as I said before, there's an urban regeneration around the venues. The, the office sector is, is tougher and somewhat marginal. What, what I'll say about the office sector, and I've seen figures quoted from Sydney, Barcelona, of between sort of half a million to a million square feet of increased absorption. And that's because what will happen if, if the games are here, there'll be 20 or 30, you know, maybe 40 companies that will set up shop in Chicago for a few years for the games. So what I mean by that are media agencies, sports marketing agencies, direct vendors that are involved in the games, and they'll have to set up some sort of Chicago operation. In addition, you get other, you know, other companies that may not be involved in the games because the games are here. Yeah, we'll set up an office in Chicago. So hard to quantify, you know, and, and I'm, I think the, the real benefits to the office sector is it's the best way to explain it without getting too specific. Um, I wanted to just go on a little bit further, and I'm not an economist, so I'm getting out on the edge of my skis here, but talk about the economic benefits. And again, there's been a lot of work and a lot of numbers thrown out from previous bids. I'll try and stay away from direct numbers. But let me ask you, who was here in November last year, the session with Diane Swank and, and Paul Beitler? Was anyone at that session? We always go to that, it's a fun session. You know, and, and someone asked the question to the panel, what are the economic benefits of the Olympic Games in Chicago? And, and they both gave different answers. Paul said, nothing, nothing, you know? <laughs> and Diane said, you know, I don't know, but there's something intangible about having the games in your city and how it raises the global profile of your city, okay? Now, in my view is they're both right. So what do I mean by that? In dollar-for-dollar dollar terms, staging the games, the expense to stage the games and the revenue to stage the games for the, the eight weeks is about a break-even. In a recent games, 20, 30, 50 million dollars of, of surplus, okay? But the real benefit is this multiplier effect, the boost to infrastructure, the boost to tourism that occurs over a seven-year to 10-year period. And, and I've heard it written, it's not just the two weeks of the games, it's a decade of opportunity. And, you know, go, we, we haven't, we've, Chicago hasn't, hasn't tried to put numbers on it as yet, because it's very hard to quantify. Sydney claimed a, a $7, million, $7 billion injection to GDP over a seven year period. Atlanta was claiming $5 billion. They're obviously historical figures in smaller economies. You escalate those, into a bigger, common, bigger economy like Chicago, and uh, you know you can you can do the math yourself. Okay. All right. I think we want to try and get to questions because I'm sure there'll be some questions. But let's let's talk about next steps and come on back, Bob. <laughs> you know, what's the next step? What has to happen over the next two years? Well, I kind of I touched on that briefly earlier, which is essentially spread the word and get the message out. But on a more grassroots level, I'd like to create some awareness to this group about a, another entity 
that is operating within Chicago called World Sports Chicago. World Sports Chicago was incubated by Chicago 2016, and it is a, it's in the process of getting its 501c3 status, and it's going to be a standalone, it is a standalone entity today. And its purpose, and I'll, I'll tell you what its purpose is first, and then I'll tell you where, where real opportunity has presented itself. Its purpose is to create awareness within the city of Chicago of other Olympic-style sports. We're, we are a professional sports town. We're not an Olympic sports town. World Sports Chicago is going to make this community aware of Olympic sports. How? By hosting international sporting events. Now, its real goal is going to not only create the awareness to you, but to your children and to the kids in Chicago Public Schools specifically because it's, it's housed in the center of the city, but it's inclusive of kids from all over the globe. Our first event was the World Wrestling Championships, which were held, and I know that there, there's some people that were at this. It was in Evanston at uh, Ryan Arena, and the number one wrestling team in the world were the Russians at that time. That was last October, November. And we brought in the number one team in the world to face the Americans national team. In addition, we brought in some of our women wrestlers on the national team and brought their number one competitors. Uh, some were from China, some were actually from Canada. And we had this, uh, a, um, what's the word? It's a, it wasn't a, it was a, uh, well, yeah, exhibition. exhibition. Thank exhibition. You. Yeah. It was an exhibition event. And right. we brought 9,000 people showed up on a, on a, it was in February, I'm sorry, February, on a snowy winter night. We bust in 1,000 kids from Chicago Public Schools. Why? To create awareness about these athletes. These athletes, the Russians and the national team, they had these small clinics that took place before the event. The event happened. Com competition at a very high level. And we actually had one American win, <laughs> which was against the number one team in the world is really good. So. So in that particular sport. So subsequent to that, we had a boxing event. And subsequent to that, we just recently had a volleyball. The men's national volleyball team faced off against the Italians just recently, all sponsored by World Sports Chicago. The idea being that we, we latch on to a kid today that in 2016 discovered a sport through World Sports Chicago and have made the Olympic team in 2016 they're from Chicago, they're going to compete at home, and they owe it all to World Sports Chicago. That is a great vision. Now, because we established that entity, we are going to be hosting the World Boxing Championships in October of this year. Chicago could not ever have gone after the World Boxing, and we, we, we got it by default, and I'll tell you why in a second. But, well, I'll tell you why now. The Russians... <laughs> The Russians defaulted for whatever the reasons were, and I'm not, uh, I'm not sure the specifics, but they couldn't host it. So they threw the World Boxing Championships out to the world stage. As the applicant city, we cannot host any of those events. World Sports Chicago jumped up and said, hey, we'll take them. USOC said, are you guys ready for it? Yep, we'll take them. We've been around for five months. We're ready. <laughs> <laughs> And now we're going to host the World Boxing Championships in, in October. We're going to have IOC members that are affiliated with boxing. 
the entire world, like, like Brazil is hosting the Pan American Games, which is a world stage, hosting the World Boxing Championships, enables Chicago. We never thought we'd get this chance. We have an opportunity now to sensationalize our city, bring the world to our city, show them how enthusiastic we are about our sport, which means everybody here is going to have to go <laughs> and watch and invite your friends because the initial rounds, I think, are free. So bring your companies. Now, I say that they're going to slaughter me because maybe they're not going to be free by, by the time it happens. Uh, the, the finals, though, is a two-week event. It's a two-week event. So that, that is a long time, as a planner can tell you, a long time to keep the, the game face on. So this is going to be a challenge at best. But if we knock the cover off the ball on this event, it's going to really bolster our image within the eyes of world sporting community. And this is all through World Sports Chicago. So you will watch in the media. You'll hear of this World Sports Chicago. Please get involved. You can, you can offer your time as, as, a, uh, as a, a, a volunteer, or you go and watch these events. Bring your kids. Let your kids or the schools get exposure to all of these different sports. Maybe those kids, somebody here in, in, in this room, is going to be the kid that's going to make the Olympic team. And you're going to owe it to coming to the Cornets meeting today <laughs> for discovering it. So. You know, Bob, I had four questions for you, and you just answered all four of them very well. <laughs> You know, having done this once before and going forward to the next two years of the bid, I think there's three top priorities. One is community support is really, really important. Currently, it's about 90% level. It's got to be in the 80 to 90% level. Um, the IOC want to see that the community want, the people want the games here, okay? Secondly, there's obviously this discreet lobbying effort that's going on you know, in, around the globe and in Rio as we speak. And, and the third one that I think is, that Bob touched on before, is the biggest challenge and the biggest opportunity for Chicago is to tell the world about this city. You know, and I didn't grow up here, which is pretty obvious. Um, <laughs> you know, and after being here for a few weeks, I went, this place is incredible, you know? And, and I remember, just kind of as a final point, I, I work in the Aon Center and we had a team meeting about six months ago when we were sitting up there on level 47 and we were looking south across Millennium Park, Grant Park, <coughs> the sky was blue, the grass was green, Soldier Field, the city, and I had someone from LA on one side of me and someone from Boston on the other side and they just said, Dave, this is unbelievable, this is world class and they said, and they said, who knew, you know? <laughs> so so there, is a, there is a challenge there for Chicago to redefine itself. You know, and, and I must say it's very similar to the challenge we went in, through in Sydney. What was Sydney 15 years ago? A nice city with a few kangaroos and a, you know, a few <laughs> surfers down the other end of the world. And it really redefined itself through the Olympic movement to becoming one of the great global cities of the world. That's the threshold that Chicago's on. That's the challenge, but that is the incredible opportunity uh, of this Olympic effort. So, with that, um, Brian, you're going to let us know how we're going for time, but we could roll questions, yeah? Mary Jo.
Yeah, I, I, I can answer that. The good thing it's in in summer, okay, number one. Number two, a lot of people tend to take vacation if the games are in their city. And third, the host city contract states that you cannot run another a major event in your city at the time of the games, okay? So they don't want other events clashing. So the, the dates have to be scheduled at a time and you know some of those other major events might have to shift by a week or so so that we don't have competing agendas going on, okay? Because the Olympics, trust me, it's gonna dominate. It's like, you know, it's like the Super Bowl every day for two weeks. It's gonna dominate. <laughs> The, there's a, there's a plan to um, I mean part of part of the uh, part of the Olympic plan is generated from the new harbor plan that the city has has announced and uh, there will be staged in such a way so that existing boaters will have a place to put their boat and not be they'll be displaced obviously from their current harbor but they won't be displaced from the system so that's been that's been thoroughly thought about and worked out with the park district yeah we we even went as far as uh searching Sydney Harbour for sharks, so it wouldn't be a problem during the triathlon, so. <laughs> Next question. Yes. It's hard to know because you know you live in a city and there's development going on all the time, you know, and it's hard to know which is direct Olympic development, you know, or indirect, you know. I think the best answer that I could give is that you know you're going to get 20 or 30 companies that are each going to take 20 or 30,000 square feet, you know, and that could be you know a million dollars worth of, of net absorption, and that's significant, okay, as a result of the games. I mean, and then there is other development, look. If someone's building a building a, a swimming pool in a park in Douglas Park, well, I'm sure the shrewd developers that we have in this city will capitalise, you know, and build their their Starbucks and and whatever else they want to do around them. You know, I'm sure that that the, that the developers will capitalise on those new anchors that are being built in the city. No, just really a city, really just from a city base, making sure that the city shows itself and showcases itself as well as possible when the world is watching. I, Bruce, I, you had a, sorry. I was just going to add, I think, you know, the key component is, and it's a key component, an evaluation component is urban regeneration or rejuvenation. And whether it's office or hotel or residential, it's a key part of our plan. I mean, the uh, the village location is at a, in, a, in a place that is 
underserved right now for a lot of a lot of uses. And part of the reason is it's cut off from the that neighborhood is cut off from the lakefront because of the McPeer lands that the, where the village will sit. So the ability to reconnect that neighborhood east to the lakefront can only be a positive and spur economic activity and real estate needs in that in that part of the city. I can think of two great examples. Barcelona. I went to Barcelona in 1988, spent two weeks there. It was a pretty seedy place. I probably can't share with you much of that trip. But, you know, <laughs> now it's, now it is a lake, it's gone from industrial waterfront to a tourist lakefront and it is front and center on the European tourist circuit. And it never was before. Um, and then I think about Midtown Atlanta. You know, I remember I, I spent four months working in the Atlanta office and if I, were, if I parked two blocks away, it was about $4, and if it was, I was pretty poor at the time. If it was three blocks away, it, you'd get a dollar cheaper every time I went further down, but I'd be taking my life into my own hands, you know? And, and look, at, look at how that Midtown Atlanta has just come on. And, you know, it's back to my point about the infrastructure acceleration that comes through the Olympic Catalyst. And they give you the deadline when the bid decision will be made. So it's not, and, and that, that is a specified time frame in every case. There's so a, we know those, yeah. Yeah, sorry. There, there's a, if, you, if you followed it all, the, the, the process we went through to get the USOC now, there was a series of filings and a series of dates, which we now have, which we have to now do at the international level. And it's a, it's a pretty long process. It's a series of filings. And they get more and more detailed as you go. And they have, you know, just as we had the USSC Evaluation Commission, we'll have an IOC Evaluation Commission. There'll be mm -hmm. presentations and there'll be a selection. So it's a pretty rigorous process. But it's all predetermined. Yeah. Yes. We're done. <laughs> I'm kidding. It depends on the, it depends on the <laughs> subject. It depends on the subject. I think the on the physical plan side, although there's more work to do. I mean, if you look at what we did to convince the USOC that we are the right city, it far exceeded what London did to win the IOC bid. If you look at London's IOC bid book with, with which they won, our current bid book is far more detailed. But the stakes keep getting higher. Uh, we haven't. I haven't personally seen the bid books that. We're selected for 14 uh, when so with Sochi getting the, the bid. It would be interesting to see how detailed those are. But we have gone into a tremendous amount of detail. Um, so some areas will require more than we've gone through. Some may not require much more. But the more we do, the better chance we have. You know, it's interesting. The work, some of the work that's being doing, done now, in this, just in the pre-bid alone, we were doing that in 1994, 1995, after Sydney had already won the games, okay? And that's because of the competition. So, but back to your point about the focus areas, it's on community support, it's on lobbying, and it's on discrete lobbying and communicating the city to the world and to the audience. I think we've got time for one more question. Uh, whoever's closest, yes. Gauge that from a, 
Did well, that is the million dollar question. <laughs> the answer is we won't know until they vote how effective we were. If they vote and we don't get selected, then all we've done is we've created awareness and promoted our city and put it on the map in a manner in which we've never attempted to do it before. And that's a great thing. So it's, it's, it's a process. But there are formal and informal evaluation methods, you know. Um, yes, all of the, the bid cities are going to be in Rio right now, you know. So that's some of the informal, you know, lobbying that goes on. But there is a formal evaluation committee that the IOC sends out to do a very, very watertight review of all of the bids. And then also at once the kind of the, over the next couple of years at IOC congresses, at international sporting congresses, there are opportunities for bid cities to give presentations and, and let people know ab about the bid. And then again, we can capitalize even further through World Sports Chicago because that means there might be an extra reason for IOC members to come here. But there will be a lot, there will be, just as the USOC did, they poll mm -hmm. residents. So you may, some of you may get calls. Uh, the IOC does extensive polling and that's one of the reasons we got the US not is the awareness in Chicago was so high uh, in contrast to LA. So, thank you. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, thank you. Okay.